Good morning, everyone. My name is Pete. I'm one of the pastors here at Epiphany Station. And we're going to continue our series on Make Christmas Count. And especially in the subject of reconciliation. Now, Christmas is such a, a mixed bag when it comes to relationships, when it comes to expectations and uh, the, the ability to predict these things or how people are going to respond is, is very difficult. And so you can appreciate uh, a phrase that you probably have seen yourself hanging on somebody's wall. And again, the subject is reconciliation. Here's the phrase. Everyone brings joy to your life. Some when they come, some when they go. We're focusing this morning, folks, on the people that go and bring us joy, right? You're out and about and you see someone and you're, you're not having real good feelings toward that person and your heart just sinks and the last thing you want to do is approach them and have a conversation. You'd rather duck and go the other way, so, you know, hoping they didn't see you. Reconciliation is at the very core of God's message to us at Christmas. But we're faced with a choice. Do I attempt to give God my hurt and my pain, or do I keep it and hold on to it for another day? And the truth is, there is freedom in reconciling with people but we first need to be reconciled to God. The focus text for this morning is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and the Apostle Paul is having a conversation with the people at Corinth, and these are believers in Jesus Christ. And here's what he says, beginning at verse 11. If you don't have a Bible, and and, uh, feel free to run out to a welcome station, grab one there, it's our gift to you. Uh, But we're going to go ahead and read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Here's what it says. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. And we, commending ourselves, are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. 
And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. As the Apostle Paul is having this conversation, uh, what he said previous to these verses is all about eternity. He points out the fact that we are made to be eternal beings. That's how God designed us to be. And as believers in Jesus Christ, the focus is on our eternal nature. Our lives here, our relationships here are temporary. And so all the more reason that we consider how we treat each other while we're on this earth when we view eternity because our actions are based on what we believe about life after this life. If you're taking notes this morning, here's the first point to jot down. God has reconciled us to himself. God has reconciled us to himself. Again, God has made a way for us to be at peace with him. That's a key word, to be at peace with him. He's reconciled us to himself. So we, in turn, having been reconciled to God by grace, are given the task of reconciling others to God and to each other. We're ambassadors. That's our charge as believers. We are ambassadors of his reconciling act on the cross. And that's the message of Christmas, is to be reconciled to God. And there's no better way to make Christmas count than to be able to say, yes, I am reconciled to God. What does it even mean, though, to be reconciled? A bringing together again. That's essentially what it means. Or a reestablishment of a relationship that at some point has gone south, gone bad. Now here's where the message of Christmas comes to us front and center. As the Apostle Paul says this about himself and about people in 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them all. See, in other words, this whole business of reconciliation begins right here. It begins with me. Regardless of how much hurt or pain or how much I feel or believe that someone else has wronged me, here's where it begins right here. The prophet Isaiah, some 700 years before Jesus was actually born, said this in chapter 9, For to us, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the angels pronounce that Prince of Peace's arrival by saying in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 14, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in, the, in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this will be a sign. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those 
with whom God is pleased. Peace and reconciliation, they go hand in hand. So even in the middle of a storm around us in our lives, if we're reconciled to God, we can experience, it's possible to experience a peace inside us, even though it's turmoil all around us. If you know somebody by the name of Irene, that means peace from the Greek or from the Hebrew, shalom, peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. When God reconciles us to Him, He gives us peace where there was resentment, chaos, bitterness, misunderstanding, isolation. But we lack the power to do it on our own. So being reconciled to God makes me new. God actually changes me. God changes me. If we try to make it on our own, we're going to fail. Can't reconcile with people on our own power. We need an infusion of his power and his grace. Paul reminds us of this in verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, who's been reconciled to him, becomes a new person. The old is gone. A new life has begun. When God gets a hold of our lives, we learn that we are not the change agent. He is. Everything stems from Him. God's love controls us. In verse 14 it says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. The old gives way to the new. What does a reconciled person even look like? A reconciled person says this, I give up my right to be right. An unreconciled person says, I hold on to my right to be right. A reconciled person says, God is in control here. An unreconciled person says, I'm in control. A reconciled person sees a picture far beyond his or her ability to see because he or she asks God for the ability to see what they need to see. But an unreconciled person sees this much. A reconciled person is God and others centered. An unreconciled person is, is me-centered. A reconciled person is a conduit of God's grace. And a reconciled person asks questions, good questions, probing questions, thoughtful questions, such as, how are you doing? I mean, how are you really doing? Are you okay? How can I help you? Do we need to talk? Will you forgive me? This is the horizontal piece of the cross. What God does through us, a conduit of his grace in reconciling with others. And then we have the vertical piece where in verse 18 it says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself 
through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling pieces to him. So we have the vertical, God and us, the horizontal, us, others, and God. We didn't deserve his love. That's why they call it grace. We may think others don't deserve our efforts to try to reconcile with them. Probably not. But what happens when we hang on to bitterness, hatred, unforgiveness? There's a a verse in Romans. It's great when you're raising kids to pull this verse out. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Or put a little differently in the English Standard Version, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. The other person may not reciprocate. But our call as reconciled people to God is to do all that we are able with his power to make it happen and leave the rest to God. We are made for relationship. And relationships open the door to experience God's love, His grace, and His mercy. C.S. Lewis, amongst many things, said this, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you, in me. And if I'm a... If I am to make Christmas count, I can't think of a better way to accomplish that than to seek reconciliation with God and with people. People that have hurt you, people that you have hurt. Relationships are the heart of God. Here at Epiphany, every Sunday we we have a next step an opportunity to apply what Scripture teaches us. And here's the challenge for today, for this week. If you are not reconciled to someone that you need to be reconciled, get at it. Become reconciled. Get at it. Become reconciled. Every year, this time of year, we have a My Christmas Epiphany in which we raise money for all good things, all kinds of good things that have been done both internationally and locally through the years. However, this year we're doing something very, very different. We're we're not raising any money, but what we are hoping that, that people do, and perhaps, I mean, you can still spend money doing this, but Here's what it is. The goal is to invite someone into your home that you've never invited into your home before. This could be a good friend. Or it could be somebody that you need to reconcile with. Consider who that might be. Jot that name down. Pray about it. This can be a wonderful opportunity to reconcile. I'm going to ask the music team to come back up and lead us in worship as we celebrate communion together. Communion is a wonderful 
reminder of how God has reconciled himself to us. And when we're on the subject of reconciliation, it's just front and center in our minds then that as we reflect and as we take this grape juice and this bread, symbols of God's very body and his blood, to reflect in our own minds and in our own hearts to ask ourselves the question, good questions, is there anyone that I need to reconcile with? And it's on that basis that if if Jesus Christ is your Lord and you're a follower of Jesus, you trust him, you're reconciled to him, now is the time for you to receive what he has done for us, to reflect and to, to desire to reconcile with others. If you don't know where you are in your relationship with God, there's no pressure here. There's no pressure here. After our communion time, we'll have a prayer team that'll assemble up here as we sing our last song. And they're here to answer questions. They're here to pray with you. They're here to listen. Whatever concerns that you have, they're here for you. Here's how it's going to work. All of you in the middle section, you'll go to either station where there's uh, bread and and grape juice and a gluten-free option as well. And then you'll return down the side. And then uh, the side aisles can, can follow as well. Let's pray together. First of all, Lord, we recognize that there isn't anything that we can do that would cause you to love us more or to love us less. You love us unconditionally. It's your desire that we would receive that love and trust you with our very lives. And then it's your desire, Lord, that we would seek to reconcile ourselves with people that we've either hurt or been hurt from. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't leave us alone in this process, but that you have given us the ability, the power, your grace to be a conduit to reconcile with people. Help us, Lord, as we seek your will in our lives on reconciliation. In Jesus' name.